Hey guys, Jay Tan here for another episode of UFC After Show on AfterBuzz TV. We're talking UFC 197, Return of the King, and the Mighty Mouse is in the house. It's myself and Gigi here. Are you guys ready? Live from North Hollywood, it's time to talk fights. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, AfterBuzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. Welcome back once again, fight fans. Jay Tan here, and my co-pilot here, Gabriel Gonzalez. We're here to talk about the fights that went down last night. Mandalay Bay, I'm sorry, not Mandalay Bay, MGM Event Center. Uh, over 11,000, almost 11,500 people for 2.3 million gate. John Jones versus Ovince St. Prue for the interim UFC light heavyweight title. Also, just beneath that, Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson defending his flyweight title against Henry Cejudo. Uh, two of the best pound-for-pound -pound fighters right now on the planet. Uh, on the same card right there in uh, the city of sin. What do you make of it, Gigi? Well, you know, what's crazy about that is that, you know, we who is the best pound-for-pound -pound fighter right now currently in the UFC? I mean, that mm -hmm. now is suddenly a big question. Both of them perform so well. Oh, from top to bottom, it was a good card. I like, you know, we had some stoppages. We had some fun decisions. I think it was a great night for the UFC. Yeah, absolutely. And by the way, I should mention, too, uh, looks like our chief cornerman, Joe Boza, is not in the chat room. He's... Uh, Maybe he's out making weight. Uh, he's cutting weight or something. But we do have a special guest coming in before too long. Um, unless uh, we, I believe we have him on here. Smiling Sam Alvey. Are you there? I am here. Good to hear from you guys. Likewise, my friend. What's going on, Smiling One? Eh, not too much. I'm just uh, up in the north woods of Wisconsin. Uh, my, my buddy fought last night, and I'm just waiting on my ride to the airport. Oh, okay. How'd he do? He won rear naked choke round two. Nice. Excellent. Good work there. Was it a pro or an amateur show? Uh, it was uh, King of the Cage, so there's some amateur. He, he was one of the pros. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Jordan Winsky, yeah, 6-1 six and, six and one or 7-1 and one now at 135. So he'll be, uh, he'll be challenging uh, uh, not, not too long for the title. I was going to say, it sounds like that may be some... some yeah, let me try that again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it sounds like that's going to be a name for us to watch in the future, yeah? Yeah, it's Jordan. I'm gonna winski. I'm <laughs> gonna win. Nice. I love it. When it comes to great nicknames, that's uh, that's, that's half the battle getting into the UFC. I feel like lately. Is a good nickname. You gotta stand out any way you can. They're all in the Reebok shorts now. You gotta mm -hmm. stand out somehow. Sam, I've seen your videos. We're gonna get into that soon. But you're obviously, you know, you got the memo. We could see that. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying. I gotta make everyone else see it too. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm doing everything I can. Well, you've got a fight coming up um, in mid June, June 18th in um, it's the it's Ottawa, correct? Yeah, yes, sir. Hell of a card too. Uh, it's that Wonder Boy versus McDonald. It's such a cool main event. Mm-hmm. Uh, yourself, I'll be on the main card, so there should be a mess of people that see it. Yourself mm -hmm. and the pretty one, Elias. How do you say his last name? Toridio, right? Teodoro. Teodoro. My my apologies, Elias. Um. Okay, so let's we'll we'll talk about that in a little bit. But um, any uh, any thoughts from yourself, Sam? You uh, you caught some of, at least some of the the highlights of last night, I believe. Yeah, correct? I, I read most of most of everything. I watched as many highlights as I could. Uh, my buddy was fighting, so I couldn't watch it. Mm -hmm. But uh, I, I lost forty bucks on the the main event. Ooh, okay. you were figuring yeah, for I, an upset, huh? I I just thought 
it was there, and it was such a big underdog. It, Forty bucks would have got me like two forty or something. Yeah, wow. yeah, playing yeah, the odds there. Started, yeah, Jones doesn't like getting hit, and Jones doesn't react well when the other guy has a long reach. Also, mm-hmm. uh, and yeah, uh, uh, Ovens he uh, he's got a long reach, and he hits pretty. Hard. Yeah, so I just thought thought maybe Ovens would be able to touch him. Well, let's run down the. Uh, I'm going to run down the card real quickly, and then also speaking of uh, playing the odds, there obviously is uh, John Jones defeating Ovin St. Prue by unanimous decision across the board. Demetrius Johnson, one of the only stoppages uh, of the main card of the night, and certainly a fantastic finish, defending uh, defiantly against Henry Cejudo, that a lot of people thought was going to be his uh, his toughest opponent today. Edson Barboza over uh, Anthony Pettis. Robert Whitaker over Rafael Natal. Yair Rodriguez finishing Andre Feely in the uh, second with a gorgeous flying head kick. Uh, other guys that uh, came out on top last night in the undercard. Sergio Pettis over Chris Calades. Danny Roberts over Dominic Steele. Carla Esparza making her return back over Juliana Lima. Uh, James Vick over Glacio Franca. Walt Harris defeating and, and a bit upsetting Cody East, who was a guy that was featured on Looking for a Fight, UFC's uh, Dana's traveling reality show there. Um, Marcos Rogerio de Lima over Clint Hester, the head bossa. And Kevin Lee over Efrain Escudero, which was a little bit of a surprise for me. Efrain, um, you know, he's, he's been around for a long time. A lot of big things were expected from him. And, you know, a mixed bag. He's had, he's had his fair share of it, up and downs there. It has been. You know, I think one of the things that's really tough for Efrain is, you know, he has all the hype of being one of the ultimate fighter winners. But we've seen, you know, as the UFC has grown, as MMA has grown, it it's not it's still very you know um how to put it it's notable you know it's not mm-hmm. a small feather in your cap but it isn't always necessarily the biggest unsigned talent that you've just never seen on the ultimate fighter and mm-hmm. i feel like Efrain, you know he had to live up to that expectation you know as mma is growing and as the competition has just you know gotten steeper mm-hmm. yeah it's kind of a lesson you um guys like cody east who was featured on on Dana's show or Efrain Escudero. Um, when you get to the UFC, you still got to show and prove. You know, just because there's a name behind you um, or, or a buzz behind you, pardon the pun, um, you still got to show and prove. And sometimes it goes the right way, sometimes it doesn't for yes. everybody. And I think the biggest example we have right now, CM Punk. Uh, there's no there's no bigger name that people are still there's no bigger ufc fighter who hasn't had a fight yet you know i think in their history so i think that's a big deal you know it isn't just about the promotion you do have to show up on fight night and you have to deliver Mm -hmm. yeah um did you uh are you tracking any of this i was thinking about the middle i was thinking about you last night actually sam uh the middleweights robert whitaker and Rafael natal either of those guys on your radar I've already got him all planned out. He and I were going to coach opposing uh, tough seasons. It'll be America versus Australia again. Nice. I mean, okay. You know I, mean? I like that. That's the plan. I mean, it's my plan. I don't know if he knows about it. <laughs> uh, yeah. So my we'll question. Make it happen one way or another. Right. So do you think that the fact that he won his tough season uh, as opposed to yourself, do you think that's just not going to matter when it comes to fight night? Uh, no, shoot. I've, I've already beaten... Pretty much everyone I've beaten in the UFC has been a tough guy. Cesar, uh, Cesar won tough. Uh, Dil- D- Andrew Kelly, D- or Dan Kelly. Kelly. Dan Kelly. Yeah, Dylan. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Dylan Andrews. 
and Daniel Kelly. They were both tough. Uh, this next one against Elias, he won Canada Tough. I was just in the wrong season. The 170 was too small for me. Okay. You cut down, yeah. I mean, that's uh, come to think of it. Yeah, you cut down to make that uh, uh, to make that season. Um, yeah, UFC calls. You say yes. It's yeah, they, I'm just. I'm thankful they didn't want me to make 55 because I would have said yes. <laughs> <laughs> you would have gone for it, huh? Yeah, I would. I would have dived head first. There you go. Well, okay. So let's talk about last night. Um, a lot of t- decisions across the board, um, and this was kind of my my little beef or, or um, kind of a, I felt like a little bit of a letdown that there wasn't more. There was a lot of decisions. The action was still good, um, and you should mention, too, uh, Fight of the Night was an undercard fight. It was Danny Roberts and Dominic Steele, which I thought was, was very fair. That was a great sloppy scrap. Yeah. Um, performance bonuses went to Demetrius Johnson, which is just completely Deserved. undeniable. Yeah, and Yair Rodriguez with his uh, KO in the second it's funny because I often, oftentimes think that the, uh, the performance bonus, it's almost like a scientific uh, judgment where if it's in the second, shouldn't necessarily, like if, if you've got a guy that finished in the first, or if you've got two guys that finished in the first, why would you give it to somebody that, you know, went to the second? Like that, the time itself would right. would you know delineate that that should be you almost expect also it was sponsors. probably a bigger drop if they get him in the first but no um yeah rodriguez man that was a beautiful what is it jumping uh, you know it, it's a jumping kick not I, I thought it was a knee when at too. first mm-hmm. but no you know what just beautiful from that young kid i mean he's still he's obviously you know still green what i loved about his game i know about you jay i love seeing that you know what he's incorporating takedowns already you know he knows the other guys are waiting for those kicks i like seeing that you know what he's looking to you know diversify his game i think that's gonna make him very dangerous Mm -hmm. if he throws if he starts bringing some hands to complement those kicks right i'm excited to see that young guy fight again kicks were part of the storyline last night especially also in the uh anthony pettis and edson barbosa oh, yeah. match which was just an, another kick fest oh yeah seemed like constantly and, and frankly the the main event as well bones and osp bones was using a lot of kicks there although you know what yeah he hey, that was we're going to get into the nuts and bolts of his performance, but definitely the oblique kicks, the side kicks, the spinning back kicks, you know, the things he's known for, those were on point, you know, but definitely going back to Pettis Barbosa, that it, it was a stylistic one for me, you know. I think Barbosa, we saw he was more compact. Pettis, you know, as usual, he was very loose, and I think that just came down to the style of Barbosa that really won out against the former champion. It seemed like it was Barbosa's night. Pettis could not uh, could not get off. He, he, like you said, he was loose, but for some bizarre reason, wasn't uh, like the output wasn't there. The throwing, um, I, I thought Barbosa looked uh, looked just as loose and in control as well. Um, he tends to fight long, especially with, with those kicks. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, so it felt like a bit of an you know on paper it's an even match but i don't think it played out that way definitely didn't you know one thing with barbosa you know as far as a compact he keeps everything he throws everything from the chamber he always brings those hands right back and yeah. i think that's made him susceptible to you know some more grapplers in the past but mm-hmm. what we saw with pettis he was trying to set up you know the big flashy kicks 
they just weren't there and when those weren't landing he also didn't have as much activity and I think that's what allowed Barbosa he found his mark with the left hooks they alluded to that during the broadcast his kicks were obviously the kicks to the inside of the thigh you know we make a lot of we put a lot of attention on you know the outer thigh kicks a la Jose Aldo mm-hmm. Barbosa just made that one ugly after the fight we saw Pettis lift up his shorts and you know we could yeah. see why you know but yeah. Pettis, his best round was the third where, you know, he was loose, he was throwing more, but it was just too little, too late at that point. Yeah. Sam, you are, um, I, I'm guessing you didn't get a chance to catch that match, but um, correct me if I'm wrong on that. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I didn't get to see it. I watched the highlights, I read the play-by-play. After. Okay. The reason I, I asked, though, my, um, vis-a-vis facing guys that are taller and lankier, what um, what's a key... Keynote, like for you, what's kind of one of the first things that, that comes to mind when, when dealing with guys like that that use their range really well? I mean, you've dealt with some taller guys, uh, some bigger guys. I mean, I know you're, you're about the right size for, uh, or a typical size for a, a middleweight, but um, guys like Dan Kelly, uh, I feel, might have been a bit, uh, bit bigger than you. Maybe was Dylan Andrews, uh, he was at least close to your size, uh, or I believe your size. Dylan Andrews was, was taller than me. Dan Kelly was a little shorter than me. Okay. Um, yeah, but uh, you, you know the biggest part is you just have to get used to it. Uh, more times than not, I'm the taller fighter. I, I typically have the the longer reach. Um, so if I'm fighting a guy that has a longer reach, um, it really is frustrating uh, during the fight. I, I have to find training partners that that can beat me like that, mm-hmm. and um, they, that's hard sometimes. That's just a physical thing that somebody's got to be able to. They've got to be good enough to hang with me to push me but they also have to have a longer reach than me and it's 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 hard to find sometimes mm-hmm. between Whitaker and uh, Natal which uh, either of those guys are you uh, looking at would you prefer to face uh, eventually Whitaker uh, mm-hmm. he's the top 10 guy he, he's just crushing people yeah um, that, that, that will be a fight that happens like I said I, I intend on I'm finding a way to, to coach it tough against him um, and, and build it up that way because I think it would be a lot of fun and he'd be my ticket back to, to Australia. Um, you just like I, the accent, I, don't I, you? Oh, I love the accent. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's not a knife. This is a knife. That's a knife. <laughs> <laughs> that's not a kick. This is a head kick. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Whitaker in that match against Natal pushed the action a lot. I thought that, I mean, Natal was landing with those kicks. Joe Rogan kept talking. He was working the outside thigh, as you were alluding to, between the inside and the outside. And that was super red. Like, that was marked up much more evidently than than Pettis' leg. But... It shocked me and I, and sold me, you know, more so uh, with Whitaker and his toughness. He was not selling that thing. It did not look like it was affecting him at all, you know. He no. just kept pushing the action. I think he threw, uh, I normally threw a flying head kick of his own in the second. Definitely. No, definitely. What I think it came down to was, you know, he, he was going, I think when he felt that adrenaline pumping, when he, when he felt the momentum in the fight, you know, we saw that he wasn't going to give it up. I wouldn't be surprised if he woke up this morning and he had to ask his coach to bring a wheelchair to get him to the airport. <laughs> yeah. But during the fight, I think he knew that he was landing more and that if he'd let up, that's when Natal was probably going to find that takedown that they alluded to. Mm-hmm. So I think he did a great job, like you said, working through it, just 
keep pushing, you know, I think that Natal also slowed down toward the later rounds. So mm-hmm. that helped Whitaker a lot, too. He came in in great shape. Right, right. Um, what stood out to you in over, overall in the card? Um, besides what you talk, you, you were talking about uh, Danny Roberts and Dominic Steele. Of course, Danny came out ahead with the, uh, uh, with the with decision. The UD, I th- yeah, I think it was. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. What, 28, 29 across the board, I believe, or 29, 28. That one, you know what? When I was watching it, I, part of me felt like Steele was getting just a little. He just seemed to have more heavy shots. I feel like when mm-hmm. they showed the replay, I felt like that was reasserting that, like you know, I think this guy Steele is ahead. But you know, when I look, at, when I run it back, it was just a good scrap. It was a close fight, but I have no problem with the decision. You know, mm-hmm. it's one of those when you watch it back. You know what? I was wrong. It did go to Danny Roberts. Dominic dropped uh, Danny early in the first. Danny yeah. was working for a takedown, and you saw a uh, uh, takedown. Sorry, no, he was working for a triangle okay. right off his bat when he got dropped. Um, and a couple of times, Dominic and Danny were in that position where he was. Uh, Dom basically was kind of in the the rampage Arona right. uh, position and picked up uh, Danny and slammed him down a few times. Yeah. Not nearly to the same effect or the same height as Rampage on Hikardo Arona, but oh, yeah. um, between that that and a couple of great scrambles, um, that was enough for me to give him the first. Uh, but the second and third, you know, Danny took over. I didn't he have did. too much of a problem with that match. Yeah. Um, Let's talk about Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson. First oh of all, my God. okay, so we'll we'll talk about the match first. Demetrius okay. Mighty Mouse Johnson, Henry Suhudo, gold medalist from uh, gold Olympic gold medalist, excuse right. me, uh, from Beijing. I think that was uh, two thousand eight. I believe two thousand eight. Yep. Yeah, um, undefeated, uh, pro- professed to be the toughest challenge. A lot of a lot of experts were saying the toughest challenge uh, for DJ. DJ comes out. And has no problem whatsoever. Um, both guys seem to like the clinch. DJ liked it a whole lot better. It was clinch and knees, clinch and knees. That's until how got it. D, yeah, DJ saw the opening, heard him, pushed him back, and just went to town and, and finished him on the ground with rights. What, what do you make of that match? You know, I tweeted at DJ's coach and I asked him, what do you call that strategy? He told me the mousetrap. Wait, no, D- I'm, I'm just messing with you. <laughs> Matt Hume uh, is not on Twitter. <laughs> Matt Hume is a lot of things, but I guarantee you he's not on Twitter, although he should be. Hey, I was holding on to that joke all day. <laughs> no. Um, you know what? Mighty Mouse Johnson, I mean, you know what? What can you say? It was for as quick a fight as it was, we really saw what makes him such a special athlete, you know? Yeah. We obviously saw his stand up, you know, throwing the knees, just how diverse it is. Mm-hmm. But on the ground, you know, Cejudo, look, he's a bigger flyweight. I think he's the biggest guy out there when you see the height difference between him and Mighty Mouse. Mm-hmm. We saw Mighty Mouse, he wasn't worried. He got taken down. It looked like he didn't even have to take a breath. He looked at his coach. He looked at Cejudo, pushed him right off, and, you know, he defended the takedown the rest of the fight. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we saw his activity, you know, his once again, back to the striking. I think it's just, he proved it tonight, I, last night, sorry. I was thinking, you know what, if Cejudo pulls off the upset... You know, that makes things interesting, but after last night, you know what? Flyweight Demetrius Johnson, you're done. 
He's dropped the mic. He hasn't. <laughs> he hasn't just dominated the top ten. He's lapped the field. Jay, I think he's <laughs> been, a good way of putting it. Joseph Benavides mm-hmm. beat him twice. Mm-hmm. John Dodson beat, beat him, him twice. twice. Both of them. The rematch. He was even more dominant. Yeah. You know what? Uh, look, they say you know with time, there's gonna be a new guy. He's gonna some new guy's gonna knock someone out, submit someone. There's gonna be this buzz. Exactly. I like that one. That's my... I, I know I put this on... Uh, on te- What the heck? Sorry, you know, guys. That, that was should, always going to happen at some point in this thing. I should have just run with it. He was like some, Godzilla out there. There's something funky going on with my phone because <laughs> it's operating in ways it shouldn't. I had mute on and all that good stuff. Very bizarre. Um, so let's talk about this. I want to get opinion from both of you guys. Mighty Mouse Johnson and uh, and Johnny Bones Jones both looked fantastic last night. Who is the pound for pound pound for pound best? Do you want to go first, Sam? Ah, uh, yeah, but I wouldn't pick either of those guys. Uh oh. Would you pick yourself? No, I, I was gonna say, is Smiling Sam Alvey <laughs> the pound for pound best? Uh, no, not, not yet. And we just don't uh, realize it yet. No, I, I personally, I think if you're going pound for pound. You need to have fought in more than one weight class, otherwise it's a useless title. So it's hmm. for me, uh, for Frankie Edgar is is, is nominated uh, cowboy now. He's got what two fights at one seventy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Benson was on was on that list. He got destroyed at one seventy the other day, so he's still on the list. Uh, Anderson Silva, another guy. He's fought Dan Henderson. He's fought what four different weight classes against the best in the world and won in all four. True. Uh, yeah. Uh, so I, but for do me, you? If, they keep saying pound for pound, but you've got to back it up and you got to fight out of your weight class for that to happen. Now, he has, though. DJ, uh, DJ fought at 135. Yeah, good, yeah, good run at uh, WEC um, and, and then into the UFC. I'm just looking at a quick look here. He's lost to Dominic Cruz when he got his title match in 2011. And then Brad um, Pickett randomly. Brad Pickett was his opening match. Uh, or his first match in WEC and went to decision there. But other than that, um, he defeated Nick Pace, Damasio Page, Norfumi Kid Yamamoto, uh, Miguel Angel Torres, but between at, those two losses. At the time, those guys were elite-level yeah. guys, too. I mean, I know they've fallen off the radar, but at the time, those were big fights, too, for Mighty Mouse. Mm-hmm. Creme um, de la creme there. Yeah, i, I got to give you credit. You know what, pound for pound, you know what? Hey, take it seriously. Pound for pound. I think the one thing that I would take away from that is that, you know what, one welterweight or one light heavyweight is not like the other when jumping weight classes. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Anderson Silva, guys like Dan Henderson, you know, not all their moves at light heavyweight or what have you when they jumped were against maybe the cream of the crop. But Demetrius Johnson, you know, he has fought the top 10, top 5 for the last two or three years mm-hmm. at both weight classes, at flyweight and bantamweight. So I... I'd give him the you, credit on Anderson that. Anderson Silva fought Forrest Griffin. Forrest Griffin's mm-hmm. first fight out of a title. Uh, oh, oh, yeah, Anderson yeah. fought for a title in every weight class. Yeah, and James Irvin was no not, joke not when he met him there, too. Yeah. yeah. But he still fought friggin' Fedor, so that's, that's <laughs> almost a title shot. Um, but do yeah. you, in, in pound for pound, I'm, I'm curious, let's... Let me hear your definitions first, because I feel like, and I had this debate with uh, uh, with a friend last night on what defines pound for pound. He was saying that DJ is not pound for pound the best because he doesn't have uh, what did he say the the power and uh, some some other criteria, power and strength. I think 
compared to somebody like a Jones or a Kane. Um, to me, pound for pound is that you're you're taking weights out of the equation and you're putting these guys uh, hypothetically on an even even keel basis across the board. If they were all the same size or and and they were able to keep their qualities, their strengths. Uh, and weaknesses and characteristics, then who is the best there? Definitely. You know, uh, I agree. It's pound for pound, you know. It's what makes it that, you know, ideal bar talk conversation because, you know, it, could Mighty Mouse beat a guy like Fabrizio Verdum if he had his qualities and he was a heavyweight? Who knows, you know. That would be very entertaining, though. The fact is, I think, you know, like we said, you know, all things equal, you know, could one fighter beat another guy at their weight class or vice versa? Mm-hmm. I think you have to give Mighty Mouse his credit. What I, when I see him, I gotta say, he reminds me of St. Pierre, but with the ability to finish. In the fact that he's so great on all, in all different areas, and he uses that, he uses his style. You don't know if he's gonna take you down or use his striking, you know, but you know he can do both. Mm-hmm. And on any given night, he will use both, not just necessarily one and stick with it if it's convenient. So I give Mighty Mouse the credit that he does technic- he's technically great all around. Mm-hmm. Would that translate ag- against the power of, say, a guy like a Conor McGregor or like, you know, one of the bigger heavy hitters, um, Rafael Dos Anjos? That, okay, you know, that's where the argument comes in, you know, would it matter, should it matter? So it is a good question, but you can't deny that the all-around skills, you know, it's tough to find in any weight class. What's your take, Sam? What, what, how do you define pound for pound, besides fighting different weight classes? See, I, I, I don't think it'd be fair to put them all on the same thing, because, of course, if there was a heavyweight that could move as fast as Mighty Mouse, that heavyweight <laughs> would be the great... I mean, oh, damn. Would, right, and vice versa. <laughs> if there's a little guy that could punch as hard as uh, Dos Santos, of course, he would be uh, unstoppable. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, it's you've got to compete outside of your weight class. You've got to be able to compete... And, and, Johnson, I mean, I can't deny he is probably the best champion, uh, the most dominant champion in UFC. I, I, Anderson's probably still number one, but he's, I mean, Demetrius is still notable mention. He, he's maybe number two. He Right now, he is the most powerful champion or the most dominant champion. Mm-hmm. Um, the only one that you could argue with is Jones, and Jones isn't the champion right now. Do, uh, do you true. take into consideration also who is the competition at the time that these guys are reigning champs? Because I've heard that argument uh, vis-a-vis Ronda, and wow, she didn't—you know—the women's uh, uh, was it the you know the women's division wasn't really much, so she didn't really defeat uh, anybody great. Whereas you know Jones did, and you know Anderson as well. That kind of thing. Does that come into play at all, or no? Uh, for pound for pound, you know what I I, I think it would, but yeah. honestly, the the only weak division in the UFC is the women's division. Um, so I, I, I think, but I mean, it's still if you look at the studs that are growth. 125 or 135 or 155. The technically sound uh, uh, experts of their of their craft that they are. Mm-hmm. The women's division is still, I, and I, I, I say it to everyone, it still reminds me more of like UFC one, two, three, where hmm. everyone has kind of their their style. Uh, I mean, Ronda, the best the best fighter in the world, doesn't know how to throw a punch. Uh, in that that's not at all you know, then, then holly hug then holly holmes uh, you're calling her out like that I, I i call her out all the time i thought she was garbage <laughs> i too yeah 
I, hmm. I, always, I always have, and I couldn't understand why why girls kept trying to clinch with her. I mean, she she tore through the division, and what she fought eight, eight UFC girls or five UFC girls, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And their plan, all of them, was to go and clinch with her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I don't know why Holly Holm, the first girl that had any sort of strategy, just outboxed her. Didn't even use MMA, just boxed her, and then eventually kicked her. Um, nothing, it, nothing it, in it the Betch Cohea fight impressed you either. What's that? Nothing in the the Betch Cohea fight impressed you. No, Striking wise, no. Really, nothing about. No, it was a it was a terrible punch she threw. That was the Brazilian gal that. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, it went yeah, down quick. It was a terrible punch. It was she she kind of plowed into her with her chin up and her hands down. Just I mean, she she looked like a drunk, but just <laughs> just, just throwing hands. Uh, she landed, and I, I always tell my my amateurs that a bad punch that lands is a great punch. I said, don't be afraid to throw a bad one. Try not to, but if you mm-hmm. if you do throw a bad kick, throw it with all you got because if it lands, it turns into a great kick. That's a voice of experience right there. <laughs> like, that's why you're in the UFC and we're at the desk, man. That's kind of that's some sage advice right there, straight out of yeah. Greg Jackson or somebody like that. Um, I don't know if I don't know if you could say that you know she beat eight of the top girls by you know essentially bad strategy so i don't know if i can buy into that i will admit that ronda has made it look sometimes too easy so i'm open to that argument but it's definitely you know what it is worth noting you know we're talking pound for pound the level of competition i Um, I just think that in general though when you look at the the mma landscape uh 99 of the top fighters in the world or at least high 90s is are, are in the ufc yeah. And uh, present company included, Sam, smiling Sam. Yeah. Um, and uh, to that end, you know, whether, regardless of how strong a division is or isn't, like how the, its strength is based on who's in there, obviously. Yeah. And that it may not be the most exciting or most technically sound or biggest or strongest division people in there, but they're the best for that weight class and that gender. Yeah. And, you know, to that end, I don't think that. Uh, I don't think that it's unrealistic to to still have Ronda in that pound-for-pound uh, pound conversation, you know? Because, I mean, you can't say that Holly beat Ronda, but you can't say that, I mean, given Holly's, you look at how she how she fares on the ground by the same token, you know, you can't say that Holly is, is in that pound-for-pound pound conversation, you know? All well, around I, I wouldn't have put Holly in there. Right. In Ronda, another reason I, I would keep Ronda far from the pound-for-pound pound is for how scared she was of, of giving five pounds up to cyborg i uh, should hmm. cyborg for for four years or five years or something and like legitimately there are interviews in which she says yeah i'm not gonna fight her not until it's worth fighting mm-hmm. and then as soon as she becomes a champion she, oh she, if she wants to fight me she's got to come down uh, i mean she hid from cyborg and i think that immediately eliminates you from from pound for pound uh if you're gonna hide from somebody who, who's a five pound i i, I would say if if an 85 were to hide from a heavyweight, I could I could forgive that. If a 25 were to hide from a 55, I could forgive that. That's a, a big advantage. Mm-hmm. But one weight class, that's not even a weight class. That's five pounds. Right. Uh, and I think, yeah, so for me, to get that pound for pound, you, you've got, and I know I'm, I'm in the minority, you got to fight out of your weight class. Well, let's uh, jump to then uh, the main event, and of course, who is definitely the, 
another pound for pound. Uh, well, many people Definitely. say hand, hands down pound for pound the best. Uh, John Jones, Ovin St. Prue, John. Um, ounce just, for ounce, maybe. Ounce for ounce. And before anything, I'd like to point out we're probably going to see DJ move up in weight anyway. I feel like I, that's I next so. for him, uh, unification. But, you know, back to the man, uh, back to the bones for Mr. Jones. Yeah. How did you see that fight going, man? Um, I expected, honestly, I expected a finish. I also expected a bit more action between the two. Uh, on second viewing, the the scoring made a lot more sense to me. I, uh, I was at a bar watching it last night, and from afar, I thought Ovince did a lot better. Um, I actually gave him a couple of uh, the first two rounds just, you know, visually watching. Granted, there had been, you know, two or three beers involved there. It oh, was thank just, God. I was about to say, it's like, we've got to watch that again right now. Visually from a fan's <laughs> perspective, but, okay. you know, sitting down and, and watching it again uh, this afternoon, um, it makes sense to me. I mean, Jones absolutely, uh, you know, had his way. Um, it, uh, the consensus seems to be that it wasn't the Jones of old, which is understandable. Um, but there really wasn't a... Um, it, it, it wasn't as close as uh, as I had hoped it would be. I see what you mean. You know what? For me, you know, two factors came into that. The first mm-hmm. thing is, you know, I think he was, if he wasn't on the cover, he was certainly featured in the magazine. That rededication to like his physique, lift and weight, and you know how he felt more powerful. I thought, okay, so maybe not against DC, who just physically he's built differently. But I thought, okay, if we see him clinch with O'Vince, mm-hmm. we're going to see, you know, the 23-year-old John Jones who used to just throw guys around if he's been lifting like Elbows that, galore. you know, things like that. We didn't really see that translate. So that surprised me because mm-hmm. I felt so much had been made of it. Also, you know, did I see what you mean. You know, I expected to finish too. You know, did he have to... He won the fight easily. But he didn't have to get out of second gear. And to be honest, OSP didn't force him to. Mm-hmm. Jones was never in any trouble. OSP, Kevin Ioli said it very well that he, it looked like OSP's only goal was to survive five rounds with Jones after a while. I don't like how he just seemed to give up. The second he was on his back, it was like if Jones wanted to choke well, him out. takedown happened in the third or fourth, didn't it? Still, you know, it, I don't know. Maybe Sam could speak to it, but there are some guys I feel like... They, you almost can't see them quit when you watch it back. And I felt like OSP, all he did was cover up. He didn't really fight against any hands. He didn't really improve position. It looked like he was almost waiting to see, like, you know what? If he goes for the choke or something or if he tries to take the arm, you know, I'm probably ready to call it a night. That's just, you know, I want to see more desperation out of OSP. You know, especially in the later rounds, at least to defend. And it didn't seem like he really wanted to offer that. And I think, you know... Jones, he knew a title shot was on the line. Mm-hmm. He probably didn't feel he had to take too many risks in order to win, so play it safe. He gets his big payday against DC either way. What's your take on, I know you didn't see the match, Sam, but you fought at 205 yourself, correct? Oh, yeah. I, I want to say most of my fights today have been at 205. Okay. Uh, what's your take on light heavyweight division in general now? Uh, I, I, I'm... Excited by a lot of matchups. I, I think Jones takes his title back. And I think it's easy, but I, I do think I, uh, Anthony Johnson beats Jones. Um, Interesting. It, it, and it comes down to again, Jones doesn't like getting hit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think Jones's biggest asset is his range. Uh, he has got the longest range in the UFC. 
uh, and he just nobody can get close to him. I mean, the first time DC fought him, D- DC couldn't get close to him. Jones wanted to take DC down, and so Jones did it, mm-hmm. uh, which is I, which is why I put the money on OSP. I thought OSP probably OSP's at eighty inches, I think, mm-hmm. or Jones is eighty five or something. I thought maybe he'd be able to to, to catch him. Um, he didn't. But then Anthony Johnson is at like 73. He's like an inch shorter than Jones. And Anthony Johnson hits like a truck. Uh, Anthony Johnson, he, he has got more power in one punch than, than Jones has ever thrown. And I, I think if he fights to land that punch, I think Johnson can win. And if Johnson wins that, that opens up the division again. Um, you I think, think Jones, of course, gets an immediate rematch. But uh, oh, yeah. I, I, I think... I. I I like the 205 division because it's a bunch of guys that can knock each other out. Yeah, yeah. You think that we end up seeing Jones versus uh, DC at UFC 200? Uh, that was the goal. DC will be ready. I hope so. I need something to get excited about. Although I wouldn't <laughs> really be excited about that fight either. It's another rematch. <laughs> Jones versus DC? Not uh, yeah. not I, tapping your I, toes? I, I, I would be more excited about that than any other fight. Right. But, uh, it, it's still not... So far, UFC 200 is nothing compared to UFC 100. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I want to talk about, uh, I'm going to put a cork on that one and get into the politics of okay. UFC 200. Um, but first, guys, I want to tell you guys about uh, DraftKings.com, which has opened up their uh, their curriculum of sports, shall we say, from uh, basketball, baseball, soccer, and, of course, MMA. Now introducing golf. Uh, you can play week-long tournaments of or week-long fantasy golf. Uh, tournaments are going on, I believe, uh, going forward now. Uh, you just log on there, pick six golfers, and uh, you basically earn points based on uh, staying under the salary cap, uh, racking up points for um, for streaks per for per hole performance, tournament finishes. I suppose perhaps birdies, and also avoiding the uh, the sand traps and mm-hmm. what's some other golf uh, golf jargon? The water. The water. Avoiding the water, absolutely, too. Um, go ahead, log on to DraftKings.com, and be sure to use the promo code BUZZ. You get to play for free. Uh, cash prizes are involved, so some good cha-ching there. DraftKings.com, and make sure you use the promo code BUZZ, B-U-Z-Z. So, that out of the way, let's talk about the future here. Um, a whole lot... I, I, I was worried about how we were going to attack uh, this show this week because... This card that we had here... um, It was almost overshadowed by the news. The news itself? Exactly. Yeah, that's massive. Um, And then, of course, our guy Smiling Sam, which I want to run a clip real quick um, in in a minute talking about about his fight. Well, let's just run it now. Sam, uh, you don't know this is coming, but uh, you'll you'll recognize it all. Go ahead there. Okay. Hey, hey, get out of here. Get. Mm, um, <laughs> uh, y- yes, yes, hello. Elias Theodore residence. Yes, he's speaking. Oh, 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 hi, Joe. Yes, yes, uh, no, no, no. I, I, was, I was just working out. I was getting boof. Uh, just, just working out, staying in shape. Yeah. Oh, so. Oh, no, Joe, no, no, I told you. I don't care if he's been calling me out for the last year and a half. I won't fight him. I just won't do it. No, no, no. No, Joe. No, Joe. No. Okay, Joe. All right. 
Fine, fine, I'll fight him. But I'm not happy about it. Keep going, Elias. You've got this. You've got this. Push through it. Un, so, trois, quattro, five. <laughs> Keep going. Keep going. Feel the burn, Elias. Oh, I can't do it, Coach. I can't do it hey, anymore. Stop. The... Calm down. You are Elias Theodoro. Now, chin up. It's, it's just, it's so tough. The, the punches are coming from every direction. Oh, and the, the light, the light's getting in my eyes. Calm and, down, oh. calm down, you look great. You oh. look great. Oh, Beautiful. Oh, I couldn't do it without you. Oh, it just, oh, it's ridiculous, coach. It, Keep quiet, fuck her up. Yeah. Now go get him, champ. Okay, okay. Because I'm happy. Clap well, I got a big question after watching that one. Sam, yeah, hype videos for, for your match against uh, Elias. God, that really is a good head of hair, though. Look at that. <laughs> you you can't, can't knock the hustle there. And uh, I know you can't see it right now, but we even used that one, uh, um, that still shot that uh, I believe, I'm guessing McKee or somebody, uh, recreated that's got your, your smiling face over yeah 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 yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah that was a, that, that that picture is all brit <laughs> so that just brilliant fun silly little stuff that you're putting out there that when we talk about hype um uh, we've gotten into this uh this kind of ditch this this rut constantly of uh diaz mcgregor shit talking and back and forth that kind of thing um this didn't take long. This was you. What you had? You had a funny idea. You grabbed a wig and you shot it with an iPhone, and and put it up there. And you know, it's just it's easy to do. It's that it's the creativity. Um, tell me, tell okay. us where that came from. Uh, well, I, you know, it all started about a year and a half ago. I, I beat uh, Daniel Kelly over in Australia. I grabbed the microphone and said, Elias Theodoro, I'm coming for you. Mm-hmm. I said I'm knocking out tough guys, and you're a pretty tough guy. So uh, uh, let, let's do it. And he immediately said, no. He said, no, I'm not fighting you. You only called me out because you're going to make a name for yourself. He said, and then we did a little interview at some point on, on a podcast. And again, uh, he said, nope, not fighting you. You're not worth it. You're not worth my time. Um, and then I lost a fight. And he said, see, he, wasn't, he couldn't even beat him. What chance did he have on me? Mm-hmm. Then he lost a fight. He <laughs> can't say no anymore. Uh, so uh, I, I just, I just got to – I figured, you know what? He's, he does have a good head of hair. Uh, so I went out and I, I, I bought a wig and I've just been having some fun with it. I've got a mess of them planned up in my head. Just uh, nice. the next, uh, I, I've got seven weeks to kill with them, so I'm trying to space them out enough. Well, I, I love it, Sam. You know what? Look, let's be honest. Not everyone is going to say the biggest soundbite in the MMA world like a Conor McGregor. So I love just how original we're seeing all your stuff. Um, my question, man. So you fought the tough Brazil winner in Brazil. You're going to Canada to face Theodoru. The Canadian. Oh, yeah, the Canadian tough winner. Okay, I got to know, we hear it all the time on the broadcast, you know, the Brazilian fans, that Brazilian crowd, there's just nothing like it in the sport. I want you to talk about that. What's it like and how do you think it's preparing you to face Theodoru in Canada? I, you got to remember, I fought in Canada like seven times or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. When I was at the MFC, I believe I had five fights, and I, I fought up there once or twice before. Even uh, I love the Canadian fans; they're they're such they're such intelligent fans. Yeah, uh, they have their favorites because you have to have your favorite. And I'm sure I, I won't get 
at the beginning of the fight. I'm sure I won't get a, a, a cheered as loud as he does. But come the end of the fight, they're going to be chanting my name. They're they're going to be happy <laughs> I'm getting my hand raised, and they're going to be maybe not happy that he's waking up, but uh, that they're going to be happy that that I'm getting my hand raised. They'll be happy to uh, have seen a great match because guaranteed that's you're you're going to bring the action, obviously. And yeah, this is the well. longest layoff of my career. Yeah, I, I need money. I'm gonna win me. I'm gonna win me a bonus. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, <laughs> Elias, so, so get your ass in shape because I, I need fifty thousand dollars. You're gonna help me get it. <laughs> so safe to say, you're predicting the first round KO. Get that money uh, real quick. I never predict first round. Uh, it's funny. I always say I'm a slow starter, and then if you look at my right, I have like nine or ten first round knockouts mm-hmm. uh, and two first round submissions. Uh, so you're so lying I, to but yourself. I, I never <laughs> like. I never like betting on the first round, but uh, I, I'm going for broke. I, I, I am. I'm going to impress a lot of people with this fight. Well, all of this uh, leading up to this is, of course, happening uh, June 18th in Ottawa. I believe it's on. Uh, uh, it's a fight night, so it'll be on Fox Sports One, I believe. Correct. Yep. Yep. Okay. Yep. And a main card too. Yeah. Uh, like I was saying earlier, what a main card to be on. Mm-hmm. McDonald versus Wonderboy, uh, Cowboy versus uh, Cote. Um, it just just a cool card. I believe this is one of the uh, one of the last ones. There may be another card uh, right before. Um, UFC right before the big fight weekend, uh, U- international fight weekend, uh, leading up to UFC 200. They've got two uh, two cards happening right before that, just back to back to back fight yeah. cards. Um, okay, so UFC 200, the shit hit the fan in more ways <laughs> than one this week yes. with it. Um, Sam, did you follow all the silliness that uh, that went on? I sure did. Okay. <laughs> Let's break it down real quick, and then we'll get into it. Tuesday, uh, today is uh, what, Sunday the Sunday, 24th, yeah. so the previous Tuesday, Connor sends out a tweet saying, I'm retired. Everyone in the MMA world flips their wig. I don't think anyone really believes it, but they wonder what's going on. The next day, uh, or maybe later that I day, think I think. later that day. Yeah. Uh, Dana announces that they're pulling Connor from UFC 200, and the story gets even deeper. Uh, after a day or two, more things start to come out, fig- trying to figure out what's going on here. Uh, both sides agree that it happens to be, it's about uh, pr- promoting Promotion. schedule. Connor being in Iceland and wanting to continue training, yeah. uh, not wanting to fly out to the to the U.S. here to attend a press conference. The Las Vegas one. Yeah, the Las Vegas one. which was a big deal. Which had everybody there, including Nate Diaz. Um, and then uh, on Insta, I'm sorry, not Instagram, on his social media, on yeah. Facebook, um, saying that he was doing this because he didn't want to, uh, um, uh, he, he didn't want to break camp. He's done a lot for the company and made his, uh, you know, uh, made money for them. He deserves some kind of a, a special break like this. You know what? Uh, okay, you know They've what? They've officially is- said that Connor is definitely not on it, but, but he rescinds his retirement. They've officially said he's definitely not off the show. First off, I think is. if you actually believe that he was going to retire at 27 with that many paydays ahead of him, you know, hmm. you, uh, I'm sorry, you had something weird in your coffee. I think, you know, <laughs> to break it down really quick, you know, we talked about it last week. They're trying to use this boxing model with Connor, and it's just watering down the divisions. What it's is the bo- boxing model? What do you mean? Where inst- like when we had Mayweather Pacquiao, it didn't matter what specific weight class, because there's about like 10 within about as many pounds Mm -hmm. and you know what we're same thing with connor you know it's even if it's not for the title he's the showcase fight but it's watering down the value of the titles in those divisions 
let's say he beats Diaz. Suddenly, the fight at, to make at 170 is probably McGregor Lawler. Suddenly, the big fight that would be for Dos Anjos' career you would be... You mean going forward? I mean, he's not, on, he's not on 200, though. What does it matter? He's most likely going to get that fight anyway. You think that he's going to come back? Okay, um, that's... I, I'll make the prediction right now. McGregor ends up back on UFC 200. Okay. I believe so. Interesting, because in all of this, right now as it stands... It's too big a payday. Too much money. Okay, I agree with that. That makes a lot of sense. Too much money left on the table for all parties all around. Yes. Um, although they do seem very adamant about it. Although Nate said that he was definitely not going to fight if he didn't get to fight Connor. Granted, that's what Nate says. And Nate says, I don't think Nate knows sometimes what's coming out of his mouth. He's been fantastic in, in interviews since his, uh, his, yeah. the last McGregor fight. We've seen a new side of him. But um, the rest of the time, it's kind of like uh, Mickey Rourke. Deciding to improv he, his dialogue. He's decided, you know, he but decided to retire, too, after that, McGregor's statement. Yeah, ex- exactly yeah. my point. What the hell does that mean? Yeah. Um, but now it's been openly talked about the John Jones uh, coming out, presuming he comes out unscathed and healthy after last night's match. And if Daniel Cormier gets the okay to train from his doctor tomorrow, starting tomorrow, yeah. um, that we could be looking at Cormier versus Jones UFC 200 as the main event, um, which would still keep it three, uh, let's see, three five-round matches, three title matches. Um, what happens if uh, what happens if they bring back Con? I think that, I guess, I'm thinking out loud, if you can stick DC and Jones on 200, it's the UFC being able to drive home their point and say, no, dude, you mess with our schedule, you don't do what we want you to do then you're definitely like, still you know off what? the car. It turns out we don't need you as right. big of a deal as you may be. Right. You know what? I think that goes down to it. You know, look, DC and Jones, obviously Jones is a special talent to watch. You know, we, we've we seen that for many years. Mm-hmm. But there's just that buzz lately that Conor McGregor brings. I feel like that's one of those things that, you know what, you can't replace, you can't replicate it. Mm-hmm. Once again, I wouldn't be surprised if they try to salvage and redo some kind of commercial. But I do predict Conor McGregor makes it back. Because think about it, as much money as he brings in, and he's got probably, I would gamble one of the biggest revenue cuts for the pay-per-view out of any of the stars of the UFC. So, yeah. so I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, give it some time. Him and Dana, they get on the phone and, you know, he does that thing where, Dana, I got the glove in the left hand, the plane ticket in the right hand, put me back on 200, and Dana White says, yeah, let's make that money. Smiling Sam, what's your take on all this? Uh, I'm kind of happy he's off the card, and I... I hope Dana doesn't fold to him. Uh, I I don't understand why why Connor would would kick the hand that's been protecting him for so long. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I just I just don't get that. But uh, that he did. I I hope I hope Dana sticks to his guns. Uh, I, I I hope Dana keeps him off the card because you know what UFC 100 was great. I could probably list everyone on that main card. Uh, UFC 101 couldn't tell you a person. <laughs> uh, and UFC 200 is going to be the same way, even though right now I don't think it's that great of a card. Uh, there, I, I'll watch it because I'm a fight fan, and there's yeah. some big fights. But I'm Frankie Edgar versus Aldo two for an interim title. It's not UFC uh, 200 level, at least I, I wouldn't think it is. Um, DC versus versus Jones two. Again, it's a good fight, but it's not not UFC 200 level. Mm-hmm. Um, I. I you know what I surprised me, and it's getting off point a little bit, but uh, Cyborg's coming to 199. Why mm-hmm. wouldn't they put Cyborg on 200? 
It's a good point. That, that I couldn't believe they put it in '99. That this girl that Ronda's been been running from for so long finally find, finds a match that'll give her five pounds. I'm guessing uh, they think that she means more in Brazil than she does here, which I is which true. is debatable. But I could kind of agree with. I mean, UFC 198 in Brazil is just stupid stacked with Brazil. When you talk about Brazil versus the world, as they try to book these international shows, you know, whatever the home country is versus everybody else. This is probably mo- one of the most exciting cards I've seen them do of that be- style. Be- besides Dos Anjos, they have pretty much every big-name Brazilian star on the roster fighting that night. I think, you know, as far as why is Cyborg in Brazil instead of um, 200, I think because at the end of the day, they know that they're not going to get the Cyborg Ronda fight. They know that they could put more butts in the seats, put in uh, Cyborg on the card in Brazil. So I think that's mm. what they're going with. No, well, that's it. Though she's she sold out uh, shows here in Invicta as well in in Southern California. Yeah, last time. arena. Yeah, very true, very true. But uh, well, right. I, I wouldn't put Cyborg as the main event, but put her in the first right. fight at the main card. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it would. I I just I I thank you. It would be a surprise. Yeah. It wouldn't be a rematch. I think she's probably uh, third. I think probably fourth from the top actually. Yeah. Uh, the okay. two, which is about but, the first on the card anyway. First on the main card. Second or third on the main card, but uh, we got to wrap things up here. Smiling Sam, um, uh, congratulations and thank you again for one for coming on the show. Uh, Congratulations to your guy Jordan last night, and and keep it going with the uh, with the videos. We're looking forward to more. When when can we tell us about your social video and or social media, and when we can start to see some new videos? Where should we look for them? Yeah, uh, I hit me up on Twitter. I'm at smiling. I'm at smiling Sam on everything. At smiling Sam mm-hmm. Instagram, Twitter. Uh, I've got smiling Sam professional athlete uh, is my uh, fan page, and that's where I post the stuff. Uh, if you guys follow me on there, I, I won't let you down. I promise. <laughs> um, I, I'm gonna keep them coming. I've got some. I've got some good ideas. Uh, I've been working on my break dancing just just for one of these specific Uh-oh. movies. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Let me tell you, I am not much of a break dancer. <laughs> <laughs> Why do I believe you? <laughs> now line dancing, you want to see some boots kicking. <laughs> that might actually be safer for the sanctity of the match itself. Just going to put that out there. One man line dancing. Um <laughs> GG, where can they find you on social media? Yeah, good night, guys. You guys can find me on Twitter all the time at Double G on TV. And I'm Jay Tan, 716 all over the internet. Smiling Sam, thanks a lot. Again, um, hope to see you uh, before too long, man. I think it's awesome. I think we lost yeah. him. All right, then. All right, guys, get out of here. I'm tired of looking at you. Good night, guys. From executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 